and welcome back to the Promethean Perspective Advent Series. I am your host, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. So today is the first Friday in the first week of Advent, and we are just chugging on through. So if you've been with us from the get-go, from the start of this Advent season, thank you so much for just hanging in there and delving deeper into the Word of God. I pray that He has just opened up so many other doors of blessings and a deeper conversion and deeper metanoia in your own life where you can just continue to fall in love with him all the more and prepare an even more perfect place in your heart and in your mind for him uh, for the Christmas season whenever it does come. So let us continue to enjoy this Advent season and continue preparing a place. So today's readings take us through the memorial feast of St. Francis Xavier. Um, St. Francis Xavier was a priest, and he is a big um, intercessor for me, if you will. I pray a lot to the intercession of St. Francis Xavier. And Advent is also a beautiful season just to remember um, the communion of saints that we have surrounding us, supporting us on our spiritual journey, and that are always there to give us the spiritual strength and spiritual, like, fraternity or like sisterhood or brotherhood that we need um to just say like you know in our own walk of life to say like hey like I was a priest or hey I was a martyr or I was a teacher or I was a cloister nun or I was a working mom or whatever like sainthood is possible for all of us and so let us not overlook that opportunity to grow in sainthood and to become a saint uh even during this advent season So today's first reading takes us again through the book of Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 17 and 24. But before we dive into that, let us begin all things as we should through, with, and in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The first reading is from the book of Isaiah 29, verse 17 to 24. Thus says the Lord God, but a very little while, and Lebanon shall be changed into an orchid, and the orchard shall be regarded as a forest. And on that day the deaf shall hear, and the words of a book. And out of the gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. The lowly will find joy in the Lord, and the poor rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the tyrant will be no more, and the arrogant will have gone. All who alert to do evil will be cut off. Those who mere word condemns a man, who ensnare his defender at the gate, and leave the just man with an empty claim. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of the house of Jacob, who redeemed Abraham, Now Jacob shall have nothing to be ashamed of, nor shall his face grow pale. When his children see the work of my hands in his mists, they shall keep my name holy. They shall reverence the Holy One of Jacob, and be in awe of the God of Israel. Those who err in spirit shall acquire understanding, and those who find fault shall receive instruction. Sponsor of Psalm 27 The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. One thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and contemplate his temple. The Lord is my light and salvation. I believe that I shall see the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. A Gospel according to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 27 through 31. As Jesus passed by, two blind men followed him, crying out, Son of David, have pity on us. When he entered the house, the blind men approached him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I can do this? Yes, Lord, they said to him. Then he touched their eyes and said, Let it be done for you according to your faith. 
and their eyes were opened. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread word of him throughout all the land. So today's readings, as they take us through Isaiah and through Matthew and through the Psalms, we really see the importance here of faith and the ability to be able to see and the crucial and vital importance of being able to have eyes of faith, to be able to see. You know, they say, let it be done according to your faith and their eyes are open. And Christ warns them. She says, don't tell anyone about this. Like, don't, don't make sure no one knows about this. But instead they go out and they spread the word of him through all the land. But the statement that Jesus directs to the two blind men who comes to him when they beg for mercy and healing um, reveals that they believe that Jesus can heal them and, and in turn they are healed. But the very interesting fact about this passage is that Jesus asked them not to tell them anything about their healings. Why would he ask them this? And I think, firstly, the request that Christ makes um, points to the fact that it's it's basically impossible not to share the beauty and wonderfulness of God in our life. That when Christ heals us or when Christ changes something in our lives or he just makes his presence very visible in our lives, that, that that is so seen by others, um, that Christ healing these men it was going to be evident that they were healed. People were going to notice. So, so Jesus's request here is basically kind of impossible for the for the two blind men because everyone who knew these blind men know knows that they were blind and and they knew that they were blind. And so, when out of the blue these blind men can see, um, it's <laughs> this humorous reality of like, well, how could they not tell of how they were healed, you know? Like, Christ knows that they are not going to be able to contain the beauty of the miracle, but nonetheless, he still speaks these words to the men. And so in order for us to understand why Christ says this, we first have to understand Christ's motive for healing them. And so, Jesus, why does he heal? Why does he heal these men? Because they have faith. I mean, they can still have faith and be blind. That doesn't, you know, being blind doesn't affect their faith, per se. But... Jesus' healing of these men reveals that he is doing it out of pure love because they cry for mercy. He wants to offer them mercy, but he doesn't want to do it as like a, a gaining of public praise or like awareness that like he is making, you know, healing people. Like he did it out of love for these blind men. His intentionality and sincerity to the individual is so very real. And this gospel passage expresses that because he also does this miracle to, to teach how he can heal the blindness of hearts. That he wants these men to see physically, but he also wants them to come to him in faith and to be able to see with the eyes of faith, to see who he actually is. And so this miracle is actually something far, far, very, very deeply personal for the two blind men. And it's done out of their concern for them to be able to strengthen their eyes of faith. Not only their physical eyes, but their spiritual eyes. And, and a very interesting um, entity that we can really emphasize here is that these men that were cured and that they were could see again, they were not able to contain the joy that they had after receiving this gift from our Lord. And they, they, you know, they, they go out and they're crying in gratitude and they go out and they tell people what Christ has done. And, and you, we, can, we can rest assured that Christ was not offended by this action, but rather he saw it has the result of their faith. And we can also perceive it in the same manner that their joy is a result of their faith. And so I pose the question to you, listener, what about you? <laughs> Do you see God's work in your life? 
Do you see where he has healed you? Do you see where he has come and had mercy on you? But then, (laughs) do you seek to spread the joy of what he's done in your life? Do you pay attention to his actions, to his healing, to his message, to his words? Do you see him? Do you, do you permit others to, to see all that God has done for you? Is that Are you making God the focal point of your life so that when people look at you, they see God's goodness? And this is a challenge for all of us because it is the challenge and the reality of we have to die to ourselves. That my life is not meant to be my own, but it is meant to be Christ living in me. That we are Christ's hands, we are his feet. That when people look at us, they must see Christ because that is what people so desperately need. People are starving to encounter Christ. You and I can be that doorway in which one can encounter our Lord. So reflect upon, as we continue this Advent season, reflect upon the joy that is necessary to be cultivated in one's hearts um, as a result of our faith. So that in many ways, people's spiritual blindness may be healed. Take time to just really consider um, many ways in in your life in which the Lord has permitted you to see spiritually and make sure that your life overflows with joy for the deep faith that the Lord has given us and the opportunity to grow deeper to in in unison to him through faith so let us end with a prayer Um, gracious heavenly father um, we ask through the intercession of Saint Francis Xavier that you would permit us to pursue you with the same tenacity and the same attention and the same uh, diligence that St. Francis did. Uh, Permit us to have our eyes focused upon you so that we too can become saints one day, not for our own glory, but for your glory, Lord. Permit us to have a spiritual healing of the eyes that we may be able to see with the eyes of faith and in turn remove the scales from our brother's and sister's eyes so that they may also be able to see with eyes of faith and they may also be able to see you and to see your presence in me. So permit joy to overflow from our life of faith so that all may in turn see you and see your glory. Lord, permit us to grow in continued trust of you as we continue to journey throughout this Advent season so that we may cultivate in our hearts and our minds a place for you to dwell when Christmas comes. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, God bless you all, dear listeners. I look forward to joining you again tomorrow for our continued readings and reflections in the Advent seasons here on the Promethean Perspective. I encourage you all just to draw closer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, but also particularly to our Holy Mother, who during this time of Advent preparation is just a beautiful example of what holy anticipation of a holy waiting looks like as we await the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you all.